This podcast is protected by the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights of the United States of America, the freedom of expression, i.e. the freedom of speech. Invocation to Satan. In nomine de nostri satanis, luciferi excelsi. In the name of Satan, ruler of the earth, true God, almighty and ineffable, who has created man to reflect in thine own image and likeness, I invite the forces of darkness to bestow their infernal power upon me. Open the gates of hell. To come forth to greet me as your brother and friend. Deliver me, O mighty Satan, from all past error and delusion. Fill me with truth, wisdom, and understanding. Keep me strong in my faith and service, that I may abide always in thee with praise, honor, and glory be given thee forever and ever. Ave Satanus. All right, here on Satanic Radio, the Devil's Bite, we are giving a, a shout-out to frontman Steve Grimmett of Grim Reaper, who just died at 62 years old. We're going to play his song, See You in Hell. This is for Steve Grimmett, who died at 62 years old, of Grim Reaper, the frontman of Grim Reaper. The song is See You in Hell.
All right, we're gonna play Confess, a thrash metal band, thrash hardcore metal band from Iran. This is called I'm Your God Now, and you're gonna see why we're putting this out there on Satanic Radio, The Devil's Bite. Soon after the song, I'm Your God Now, you'll see what's up. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee.
first song they ever sent me, and it's a, a song that actually got them some attention as well. It's called You Will Playback. Is that too loud? And again, the recording's kind of, you know. But again, if they get a little bit of recognition and get around the world, who knows, there might be a producer out there somewhere who said, come on over and record in my studio. Again, leaving Iran is a risk. So these guys are in their early 20s. You've known them for how long? I've known the lead singer in the can now for three years. Uh, so it was three years ago when he contacted me to help him get the word out about his band and play his songs for the world and get them interviewed and, you know, their music reviewed and stuff. So it's been three years. So they were teenagers? Yeah, yeah, they were in their teens. The audio recording wasn't great because apparently, you know, having a recording studio in Iran is tough, but I still got the word out for them, you know, and I shared the music with the world, let them know that, you know, heavy metal is alive in Iran. They're out of Tehran. Uh, they're a thrash metal band. They even have, like, a DJ in the band that does their samplers, and he's the other one that's been arrested alongside with the, the lead singer in the can. So there's only two members that were arrested. They were held in solitary confinement in the Evan prison in Tehran. They were released on like one billion dollar rial or whatever the currency is over there, which equals to about 30,000 US bail. So they're on, they're out. Uh, they, they apparently will have legal assistance for this. So they're just kind of sitting back, you know, waiting to see what the outcome would be of these charges. And again, the biggest concern I would have, okay, so the government has the right to arrest them. There are laws. But the biggest concern I have over this is this blasphemy charge and the possibility of being executed for it. Watch the sign! No more terrors! Everlasting pride! Break the price! Listen, Sam! Not take down pictures! What's the, the metal scene like in Iran? Describe it. I, I, the best I can describe it, and from what I have learned, uh, it's very active, it's alive. Um, and I think there is, from what I'm learning through my research, that there's two sides to the metal scene in Iran. There are those who do not sing about anti-government. They don't sing about anti-religion. In fact, they embrace the religion and, and everything in their songs. And then there are bands who don't. Those bands, well, they can be jailed. They face execution if the lyrics are anti-religion. The first charge in what was the message that was sent to me is a charge of blasphemy. And that is more based on their singing about songs, anti-religion, anti-government. And that blasphemy charge from research I've done in just the past 48 hours can result in execution. Blasphemy, advertising against the system, form and running an illegal underground band and record label in the satanic metal and rock uh, music style writing anti-religion and atheistic political and anarchistic lyrics and interviews on with foreign or forbidden foreign radio stations which is where I came in with it that's you that's why I took this to heart and when they reached out to me I was like wow so what are the chances of you getting in touch with these guys now right now no there's no chance and, and you know I really fully understand why. First off, the government has them silenced. They have no more access to their websites. They can't access Facebook. If they do somehow try to start communicating with this, um, they could end up having more severe punishment. Even lashings 
all these years later, they still lash people for for crimes. To your best knowledge, what are these guys doing right now? They are staying very low-key and quiet, to my understanding right now. This story, because they asked me to get it out and get the word out, actually has taken off now. And just as of today, has really, really picked up some speed. And that has the band even more concerned now because it's gotten more exposure than they really expected. Has it ever come up about them fleeing Iran to uh, go somewhere else? They haven't talked about fleeing the country. They've, they've talked about getting out of the country so that they can get on stage and perform their music and share their songs and stories with the world. The problem with that is, from what they've told us, is that should they leave to do that, their families end up being at risk. And they possibly, quite possibly, not be able to return to Iran. And if they do, they would face exactly what they're facing right now. And their families would be in jeopardy. As someone who's a friend of this, these guys living so far away, it must feel frustrating, your perspective right now, being able to do absolutely nothing. I feel super honored that they reached out to me to ask me to get the word out. And then after seeing what's happened with this, and then hearing that they're even more in fear now because it's getting exposure. It's getting the world to talk about what happens when you know, musicians or even artists for that matter in these countries express something that goes against their belief system. You know, I spoke uh, just this evening before you guys got here, another very well-known musician for another well-known heavy metal band in Iran actually was questioning my story and, and saying that they thought it might be fake. And the reason being is, you know, their band is bigger and there's a lot of other bigger bands, heavy metal bands over there that have not been targeted are able to play freely. Why was Confess, you know, why, why did this happen to them? They're not that well known. It has to do with, with a song that they released. It got the attention of the government, apparently. Uh, how does it make you feel? You, you kind of gave these guys an outlet into the, West, into the Western society. And it, it might be that which got them in, in shit with their government. How does that make it? Does it give you pause going forward? Or do you just do you just want to help these guys have their voices heard no matter what? That's it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they're willing and they've been willing to risk it all, you know, doing what they do just to do something they love, I think right now the way it is, I would continue to do it. Regardless, if another band from Iran reached out to me today, I would play them. I think that musicians, regardless of where you are in the world, regardless of your language, regardless of your religion, regardless of anything, should have the right to be able to write your songs, sing about it, and perform them. Uh, they should not be executed for it. Now, the other part of the gov government's laws, I can't disagree with. I mean, if they have a law and they say, look, we don't allow that, then you know, bands playing music over there should be a little bit more careful about it this is the risk. I don't know if we can change the laws, but the story itself, if it reaches the right person who's either in government capacity, working in some way that they can actually assist these musicians and bring about change, that would be the best thing. You did, know? did the whole uh, Pussy Riot thing come to your attention at Yeah, all? it did. Actually, it did. I was actually thinking about reaching out to them to, to send this over to them, and I wouldn't be surprised now, given that how much this has exploded if they haven't already heard about it. The story reaches the right person can help. And it's going to take somebody at that level to say, 
you know, like, what about one of the Iranian ambassadors to the U.S. and Canada, which, coincidentally, I've tried calling both offices, and you can't get through to either one. Canada's line is no longer in service. United States is busy, so, you know, even trying to get the right people involved. But I have reached out to Amnesty International. I do have an organization out of Copenhagen, Denmark, called freemuse.org, who have actually written pieces regarding this similar situation with filmmakers and other musicians in Iran, uh, just most recently is 2013 or 14, and uh, they're looking into this as well. It sounds like you've been doing a lot since you found out about this. Talk about, about that and why have you taken it upon yourself to try to do something? I've taken it upon myself because my source, who is close to the band, reached out to me and specifically said that, you know, they asked me to help get the word out. That's why I've taken it on. And when I see in the charges for, you know, being interviewed on forbidden foreign radios, how am I forbidden? I play music from bands from all over the world, you know. There's Iraqi bands that get played on our station. There's bands from Syria that get played on our station. There's bands from, you know, Israel. They're all over the world. I'm just giving the artist a voice, you know, and allowing their voice to be heard. That's, you know, the concept behind my websites and my radio station, the Metal Nation. We don't care what your age is. We don't care what sex you are. We don't care what religion you are. We don't care what race you are, what language you speak. If you love heavy metal, we love you. As far as being an ambassador, no, I'm just the gatekeeper welcoming people to the metal nation. Confess, they're definitely, uh, they've got the key to the gates of the metal nation. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and any band for that matter, you know, I give them the free key so they can come in at any time. These are 20-year-old kids growing up in Iran, one of the most repressed societies. For, for them to know about you and for you to give them an outlet to the world, what do you think that meant to those kids? It was exciting to them. I know it was exciting to them. Well, I, I was playing their music one day on the radio station and I gave them a screenshot proving that I played them on the station. And in that set of music, there was a Slayer song. I sent it to them. I said, here, played you guys tonight. And they shared it right away. Oh, we're so lucky, American Metal Nation Radio, or Canadian Metal Nation Radio, played our music, look right in with Slayer, and they're all really impressed. For them, it was exciting, because again, somebody outside of their world recognized them and shared them with other people around the world. So they knew in their hearts that people around the world was hearing their music, which was exciting, because all they want, at the risk of everything that they're going through right now, was to one day be able to you know, travel outside of Iran, go to uh, another country, another city, and play their music for people. That's the passion any musician has. But that's another thing I, I love about doing my internet radio thing, is I don't have people over my shoulder saying, you can't play that band, they haven't made the charts. You can't play that band, they're not signed to a label. You can't play that band, they're from this country, or they're this religion, or they sing about this stuff, or there's foul language. I play it all. If it sounds good and I can headbang to it, and my listeners can headbang to it and enjoy it, I play it. Because that's what's gonna happen is, people around the world right now are talking about what band? Confess. It started grassroots internet radio. People who cared enough to give an independent artist a voice, let their voice be heard. 
and it's a proud for me to know that they're getting the attention, but at the same time, I'm scared. Now, if those guys somehow hear this, what would you say to them? Stay you... strong. Just stay strong and know that the metal community is behind you. We are. I can see it. I've seen how much the metal community has embraced this story, which is awesome. I don't want people to start bashing on Iran. I don't want people to start bashing on Muslims. I think they should just try to support the band and try to help them get free from this.
Hey, it's Tony with the latest rock news. We love our freedom to enjoy metal in the U.S., but Iranian band Confess have been flying the metal flag in some dangerous territory with significant consequences. In our exclusive interview, frontman Nikan Kozravi revealed that the band were initially sentenced to 14 and a half years in prison by the Revolutionary Tribunal of Tehran and that he himself was sentenced to 74 lashes. Thankfully, Kozravi and bandmate Arash Ilkhani fled to Turkey after their 2015 arrest and were granted asylum while filing an appeal of their sentence. As Kozravi explains, things could have been even worse. If you insult the prophet, you will get executed because he's dead and he can't defend himself. But if you blaspheme God and question his existence, he can forgive you. That was why we didn't get executed. After the appeal, Kozravi was given 12 and a half years in prison and 74 lashes, while Ilkhani had his initial sentence of six years reduced to two years. In response to the sentencing, the band released a new song called Evan, named after the prison they were held during their 2015 arrest. For more on this story, visit loudwire.com. These Middle Eastern bands we're playing right now can be jailed, lashed, or beheaded for their music because black metal, especially any that blasphemies Islam and Muhammad, is illegal in their nation. It takes balls of steel to be in such a band over there. And we've got nothing but respect for those we're playing on this episode, especially Tag Hut. You'll find out why with him as soon as you hear his lyrics. Salutes you. Now you're going to hear three songs from Al Namrud. The first one's Azda Al Damar, Ten Years of Resistance. Then Atba Al Namrud. Then after that, the third song is Gorillas Worship the Degenerate, which is their latest 2022 release. Only on the Devil's Bite. Iranian fucking black metal, Middle Eastern fucking black metal.
Now you're going to hear Tag Hut. Four songs by Tag Hut. First will be Terrorist. Then Piss on the Altar of God. The next one, Branded 666. And then to end it with Tag Hut, my favorite, Ejaculate Upon the Holy Quran.
Coming up next is the full EP from Akvan, titled City of Blood, only on Fraternity or the Devil's Bite.
To end the show, we'll play Vitek. Kligak Nan Nabu Katanak U Moru. Full album.